This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space Space researchers. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Much, Cedric Espen, Sump AO, torching the blind side blue paper once again. And that's the power, the passion, the poke and the grunt of the Sumster camped in the bludging on the blind side soundproof booth here at ABC Grandstand HQ. I mean, uh, sure, we've introduced uh, or spoken about the passion of the Sumster many, many times, but I think today he gave it that extra tweak, that extra twerk, and you could hear it in his voice. Remember our charity partners today, the Blinken Knights of Balaclava Art Track side, uh, for a day of thundering hoof action, including the Queen Elizabeth Stakes, the Sydney Cup, the Australian Oaks and the Queen of the Turf. If you do jag a run of outs, very unlikely, I would imagine, today, but if you do jag a run of outs, get involved with the Punt Keeper top-up program uh, that lets you go home a winner, and uh, that's been extended. I noticed the... Um, the uh, I think in the news just recently, we heard that the, the house building program has been extended. Well, the punt keeper program has been extended for another 18 months, which is tremendous news. I think the uh, the government puts through the punt keeper program approximately $1.7 billion a day. So it's a tremendous top-up arrangement that they've got going there with the Knights of Balaclava. Just look for the Knights in the Rooting King Colours and Lurk. Uh, don't worry, they'll find you. Now, carpet layers, barrier attendants. And can I put a big shout-out on a big racing day to our barrier attendants? Our barrier attendants are the best in the world. Are you sure it's easy to say? It's easy to say, but our barrier attendants are the best in the world. Uh, University studies, to my mind, have proved that over and over again, that our barrier attendants are the best in the world. Happy Rugby League sightseers, incidentally. Welcome to Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, Cabinet makers and God Talks to Me, New Zealand-bound flight attendants, HG Nelson, opening the blind side dig for another set of seven. Well, what a week. What an incredible week. A week when too much body's belly enough. In breaking news, could the high-flying Central Coast Mariners be absorbed in the Manchester United global football operation? I mean, this has got everybody talking. Obviously, there's pros and cons, but whispers too loud to ignore are bursting out of the Graham Park area of the Central Coast. I'm not sure what these stadium is. I should know this, but uh, the Graham Park Stadium is currently called. But uh, anyway, bursting out of the Graham Park, the original and the best name for it. Uh, remember the uh, Mighty Mariners were the side that gave Usain Bolt a start all those years ago. But the, could the new ownership, wait for it, involve a change of colours, a change of name and a change of venues? Uh, I'm not quite sure what Manchester have you got in mind. I, I have heard that there's a chance to relocate the Mariners to Port Moresby, but uh, that's just uh, early, early ideas on the back of an envelope at the moment. Uh, these would be moves that would piss off the hardcore local supporters, the Marinators, and I'm sure there'll be a big fight back from the Marinators to say we're not, we're not, we're not relocating to Port Moresby. That's a fact. 
Horse racing and the bludge highlight of, uh, well, let's highlight two r- great rides from last weekend. Jamie Carr on Cascadian in the Doncaster. The horse had had a runabouts for wait for it 377 days before Jamie whispered in its ear before the jump stopped bludging you, Goose. And the rest is history. Magnificent ride for a great win. And what about the ride of Rachel Blackmore in the Grand National at Aintree? They've run this event 173 times and Rachel was the first woman to salute in the caper. And again, that pre-race whisper in the ear, stop bludging, you clown, did the trick. Aussies, fired up by the promise of Australia. tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through the solidly backed up stoolage of the week's sporting action once again. Remember to step up and have a go to get a go. And if you've had a go and got something, then for God's sake, <laughs> excuse me, Get back in the queue, well, should I say, for Australia's sake, never mind God, for Australia's sake, get back in the queue for another go. Now, to get the blindside barge away from the uh, wharf, let's lock horns with a man who this week completed a lifetime's ambition with his latest epic. This great Australian has produced an ABC television special in time for Anzac Day 2021 called The Cuisine of Conflict. It's shot on location where possible and narrated by the voices of rugby league, Ray Rabbits Warren and Russell Rabbits Crow. A little bit of backstory. With the decision to begin work on the multi-billion dollar rebuild of the National War Memorial in Canberra, a number of canisters of 16mm film have been unearthed in initial excavations. These films show a rarely seen human side of war. The final cuisine cut features 90 minutes of our diggers doing their best at meal times in far-off desert landscapes and the tropical jungles of war with a couple of Dixies crouched over a burning log with a grab bag of local ingredients. They do a tremendous job. Most right-thinking Australians would be familiar with the Grub of the Gun cooking series that featured wartime staples like the meat pie, the Anzac biscuit, bread and dripping and the wallaby stew. People think bread and dripping's easy. It's not. You've got to get consistency of dripping... Right? There's no point sending it off, you know, willy-nilly through the, um, the systems to send it off to the digs on the front line without it being solid enough to cope with that uh, form of transportation, i.e. the post. Now, this type of rating show uh, hosted by Manu showed the great foods that made this nation the toughest fighting force in the world. That's the grub of the gun. And remember, as Napoleon said all those years ago, an army marches on its stomach. Well, it's a loose translation from the French. Uh, but few people will know that wherever our troops went into battle, in all those campaigns from about the Boer War in about 1903, they took the Country Women's Association cookbook with them. Once the guns fell silent, the Australian forces introduced the enemy to the alluring principles of Aussie chow contained within the CWA classic. To see the faces of kids in the central highlands of Vietnam light up when sampling a cream lamington for the first time, or the enemy from the Gallipoli campaign sink the molars into a curried scallop pie, or our Chinese opponents in the Korean War wrap the laughing gear around a fruit slice of fruity slice of pavlova. These are startling images and put a new perspective on why we were involved in those brutal campaigns in the first place. The cinematic genius behind the incredible The Cuisine of Conflict or On the Tooth with the ADF is rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, can we get the bludging on the blindside bunny in motion simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? A day, you! Yes, thanks very much. Uh, H.G. Nelson, as you say, a remarkable week. I noticed that the New South Wales and Queensland Departments of Education have been issued with a order to cease and desist from using the term Happy Rugby League or responding to children uh, who should illegally use the phrase. Now, I've spoken to Stuart Little. Well, he, in fact, phoned me. He's very keen. He's going to take this as a pro bono 
uh-huh. bit of work, and he's very keen to represent the the rights of all right-thinking rugby league, proud rugby league supporters who want to express their love of the game. In this manner. In this manner. United Nations. Oh, I don't Hague. know. I think it'll go to the High Court. Yeah. I think and it then will. on? And then, well, it might go on. I'm not sure. Yeah. It depends whether we win or not because we're going to keep going until we win. Happy Rugby League. There. See I, you in court. I was out last night and a couple of people yeah. greeted me yeah. with Happy Rugby League. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't thinking about no. it, but then I thought, wow, that's wow. great. Yeah. It's part what, of the community. Yeah, now. and did you say, oh, yeah, Happy Rugby League, mate? Obviously. Yeah, good. I'm not an idiot. No. Now, Queensland has New South Wales bent over, trousers around the ankles, and a liberally... Wrapping the chilli onto the stick. Ah, oh, yeah, you're talking about Sheffield I'm Shield. I'm talking about Sheffield Shield. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, there used to be a saying, when New South Wales cricket is strong and Australia cricket is strong. It's well, I tell you what, now. it's a bloody joke at the moment, isn't it? New South Wales cricket. Mm. Look at that bloody bowling line-up we've got. Stark. Stark, yeah, I too tired. <clears throat> Lion. Mm-hmm. I mean, these blokes are supposed to be able to bowl. I know. Goats, they're called. Yeah. Anyway, I'm embarrassed for fans of New South Wales cricket. I really am. I was, I was hoping this, there'd be a bit of fight, a bit of mongrel, a uh-huh. bit of dog. Dog? <laughs> Goat. Bit of cricket dog. Give him dog, mate. Now, Mark Leishman, what well, he tied for fifth in the Masters. Um, Cameron, that is Cameron Golf, Cameron Golfsmith, uh, tied for 10th and is leading in the RBC Heritage Tournament after a blistering 62. Uh, Adam Scott finished 54th. Uh, right. He just missed the cut. Um, no, he just he, he avoided missing the cut by a one stroke. stroke. Mm. So he came last. Last. Mm. Anyway. How about the bloke with the killer instinct? How did he go? Well, as I said, he, he, oh, he, he came 10th. No, sorry. Tied for sorry, tenth, sorry. and is leading in the heritage. Oh, right. I mean, okay. he's tearing the world apart. At the <laughs> this is Cameron Golfsmith. No, yeah. I was thinking Jason Day. Oh, Jason, Jason Day. Mm. He hasn't got the killer instinct. No. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. It's I've... Cam Smith. Oh, okay. I've got that completely. Yeah, you did. Out. Yeah, you yeah. Have. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, Roy. Yeah. I mean, he might have the killer instinct. I've never seen it in Jason Day. No. Cameron Smith. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Murder anything. Ridley. He would. Yeah. He would. Now, the Matildas are torn to shreds I saw you by think. Holland. Well, it might have been 5-2. And Germany, 5-blot. Man, Tony Gustafsson. Look, we like the bloke. We respect the bloke. He's funny. We like his humour. Blah, blah. Couldn't meet a nicer bloke, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's got to be sacked immediately and replaced by Hink Doot. I mean, common sense has got a rule here. I mean, we've got to be ruthless. We can't have the Matildas. We can't have them out... You know, just been bashed up by the likes of Germany and Holland. I mean, it's just not good enough. Well, Europe. I mean, eighteen laughing. months ago, we were world beaters. The Matildas were world beaters. Mm. They're trashing. Mm. They're trashing themselves, mm. led by this clown Gustafsson. Mm. He's a clown. Mm. Hank, dude, come on down. Now, Cruz Hewitt. Now, this is going. This is a name we're going to have to get used to. Actually, Cruz Hewitt. This is a little Leighton and Beck's boy. He's won the National Under-12 Clay Court Championship. That's incredible. Isn't that fabulous? Isn't that wonderful? I had no idea there was I had no idea the kid was interested in tennis. I, indeed. Indeed. I thought he might have been more interested in acting, but no, looks like tennis is it. Well, and how many clay courts can you put your, you know... In you, Australia? Yeah, can you... None. <laughs> so I don't know how he did it. 
I don't know where they found the court. That's what I mean. <laughs> I know. Perhaps he meant sand. We used to have sort of sand yeah, courts. I know that one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, maybe that's it. Uh, now, a question. Uh, have people stopped being interested in Sebastian Vettel? I, I can't answer this, but it is something I have noticed. Very few people. Look, I'm on buses most of the time. I mm-hmm. can't tell you the last time I heard Sebastian Vettel being And do you bring to. that up in conversation? No, I don't. No. I, I haven't either. No. But I've just noticed there's a general... This is not just in Australia. I think world, no, world, no, world worldwide. No, no, worldwide, yeah. Worldwide. There's yeah. this lack of interest. Another question. Uh, why have the GWS giants been so quiet? What's going on there? I mean, they've got Grub, Grub Green as captain. I know. You'd you think, think that'd that. give them a lot of bloody paper space. Dude. You know, I expected every second bloody article to be on GWS giants. Some, something, you know, something got out of hand or someone kicked in the head or... Someone grabbed inappropriately or something, anything to get us talking about it. I mean, they've, they've got a touch of the Vettels at the moment. There's a, they've only won one match. I think they played oh, the Swans this afternoon. It. All right. At, at the SCG, for those who want to get along. Yeah. All right. They're on to today. Today, yeah. It's, a, it's the Battle of the Bridges. Battle of the Bridges. Yeah, Battle of the Bridges. Whoa. I don't, I don't think Is Buddy ba- playing? Is Buddy on? Uh, Buddy's on as nearly as I can Ooh, tell. Don't okay. quote me on that. No, but, okay. But I know the grub will be there. Good. Okay. Well, maybe there'll be some reportage of this. Yeah, there might. And next week we will be able to say, oh, isn't it great having the Giants back? <laughs> eh? Wouldn't that be nice? Another question. Is Nathan Buckley under pressure? I suspect he might be. Yeah. It's gone pear-shaped for Collingwood, hasn't yes. it? Since Eddie left. <laughs> or maybe it started <laughs> wow. before Eddie left. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's a bit hard to blame everything on Eddie leaving. Yeah. Because Eddie's manipulation. Well, the thing is, Eddie hasn't shut up since he left. No, I know. He's, he's just blabbing on all the I time. Know. He gets more publicity than bloody GWS Giants. <laughs> he does. That's right. But yeah, that's yeah. a fact. That is and a that fact. must get up Buckley's nose. Yeah. No wonder the team can't perform. Yeah. Everyone's talking about Eddie, what he said lately. Mm. Anyway, I was speaking to Julia Roll. Oh, well, I took a FaceTime call from her. Uh, she's in good spirits. Mm, good. Uh, really enjoying the shoot. She said it was good. Uh, now, she feels that uh, Japan should be uh, put out of its Olympics misery and have the Olympics this year on the Gold Coast. Right. Gee, that's her, a big call. Yeah. These are just her observations. Existing. She says you can live normally here. People can be normal in Australia at the moment because of the way we've handled the virus. Uh-huh. And she feels as though the infrastructure there is yeah, all okay. She likes it. She likes the look it. of it. She's just yeah. seen a few photos. She hasn't actually walked no, no, well, the, she the venues. No, no, she may not be able to. She's flat out. She, well, she's busy. Yeah, busy. And it's very hard for her to get about because people want to... Say uh, hello. Yeah, have a selfie and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Drives have a rugby league. All yeah, that sort drives her nuts. nuts. Yeah, drives her nuts. Anyway, she just wished to say, you know, loving the rugby league, happy rugby league Australia, et cetera, et cetera, and the shoot's going well. Uh, now, the Broncos showed a bit of ticker for 50 minutes. Did you say to me, HG, this was being referred to as the Kevolution? I did. I did. The Kevolution. The Kevolution. It's starting. It's starting with yeah. the Broncos. Isn't that good? Yeah. Those Broncos were good for about 50 minutes. Yeah, Kevolution. Yeah. They don't have to keep going for another 30. I know. And they might... Win a match. Well... Maybe get Draw. Close. Draw. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Gee, that'd be galling, wouldn't well, it? Well, apparently Kevy read them the right act, HG, prior to running out... He said to them, I think I'm quoting here directly, have a go or get out. And it worked for 50 minutes. Right. Yeah. Are any getting out? I don't know. 
there might there will be a bit of fallout. I dare say. Mm. I don't know. Someone will have to be blamed. I mean, it was it's been Milford who's been copying. Oh, Milford, I think, yeah, I think Milford has been told to get out. So a few others might be told to get out by Kevy. Get someone in who's prepared to have a go. Hold on to the ball. Complete your sets. Mate. It's not that hard. It's simple not rocket game. science. Simple game. It's a simple game for simple people. Exactly. People just complicate it, mm. don't they? Uh, now, Craig Fitzgibbon is to take over the Sharks. Look, I think John Morris has been dudded. And I think the players think that John Morris has been dudded. And the fans think that John Morris has been dudded. We've been very good friends and very supportive of John Morris, what he's been doing with the Sharks with a... He had no no say in the in the in the list, in the setup. He just took it, was doing his best. Sure, they weren't beating many top well, they weren't beating any top four teams and hadn't been doing so for some time. But at least they're having a go. Yeah. yeah. They're having a go. Yeah. Can I ask You can't ask any more of a rugby league player than that. I mean he's You've not just got to say Cronulla. Cronulla shouts. Are they having a go? Yes, they're having a go. He's not the worst coach in the He's NRL. not the worst. He's a terrific bloke. Yeah. No, I didn't get Terrific it. bloke. I mean, he reminds me a little bit of that uh, Tony Gustafsson bloke. Oh, that bloke. Very funny, you know, self-effacing, lovely mm. sense of humour. Did you see that story that they there was some suggestion that, um, mm. you know, the Man of Feathers was going to relocate the Sharks? Yes, did I did hear that. Them? Yes, I couldn't, no, I. I couldn't believe it. No, neither could I. I couldn't believe it. Now, former Police Minister Troy Grant. Ah, yes. You remember his work with the... Uh, Police Department, New South Wales. I do. I always like when there's a marriage between the police force and rugby league. And rugby league. Yeah, it's good. It's always, it always, one and one equals six, if you know what I mean, when you put those two things together. You get more, you get a bigger bang for your buck. What's he up to? You? Well, he's been appointed chair of International Rugby League. Whoa. He's the chair. So he'll be determining and he might be able to answer the question that you and I were just discussing idly prior to going to air, and that is, why are we not having an Anzac Day test? Hmm. Australia v New Zealand. I mean, that, that's been the tradition. And what's happened to that wonderful trophy with the slouch hat on it? Yeah. Where can we see that? Where, where is it? Is it a rugby league house? Where is it? Is it at the War Memorial? Who would know? Yeah. Make of that what you will. How to build a healthy community? Form a club. Build a clubhouse. Win matches. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. Now, Roy, uh, obviously last week we were overwhelmed with uh, the news that Tommy Rodonicus had passed away mm, mm. and that there was a lot of celebrations for uh, Tommy last weekend and you yeah. and I were lucky enough to get along to a number of them. Sure. And I was very disappointed with uh, what I saw out at uh, Leichhardt Oval on Sunday. Oh, yes. Uh, you and I were there. We were just yeah. overwhelmed by the affection for Tommy. I think the team was overwhelmed. Yes, that's right. And they I forgot. think they just tried too hard. They forgot about their rugby league basics, didn't they? <clears throat> I, I noticed that uh, Johnny Scandalis was devastated as the fans booed the NRL, <clears throat> so that's the Tigers, off yeah. the park at half time. Yeah, I know. Uh, he says uh, the halfback, Luke, Luke Brooks, shouldn't, uh, you know, obviously be the fall guy for the f- disastrous 40 minutes against North Queensland yeah. on the day they hoped would honour, you know, obviously Tommy. Yeah. And, of course, the thing is that this is where it gets really tricky is that Brooks wore the number 22 jumper. Yes. 
while the number seven jumper, that's uh, yes. Tommy's jumper, was, you know, draped over a chair. Mm. Now, so when Brooks is out there, he looks around and catches the sight of number on the back of his jersey or yeah. in a car window or something like that and thinks, who am I? Who am I? What am I doing out here? Yeah. What does the 22 do? Yeah. I've got no rough idea what the 22 is a does. weird sort of number. To, you don't often see a 22 running around, do you? You don't. <clears throat> Scandalous. Just made I, him look stupid. Made him, yeah. Made, yeah. I, I bet you he felt stupid <clears throat> yeah, too. Yeah, I'm sure he did. And in the rooms beforehand, you know, yeah. they yes. you know, get out and have a go or whatever it was, the instructions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or get out. Yeah. Um, uh, Scandalous said, I'm a bit devastated like everybody else was. Mm. He uh, Scandalous has a corporate uh, role with the club. Yeah. Uh, they're working hard, but it's the slow starts generally. Hearing the crowd booing as you come off is never good, yeah, yeah. whether you're still involved with the club or not nice as a player or an ex-player and with me watching. Yeah. They're devastated and rattled by what happened. It, was, it wasn't just the loss. It was the day that represented. They yeah. really wanted to win, not for themselves, but for Tommy. For Tommy, yeah. Well, they let Tommy down, didn't they? They did. I mean, and that's something they're going to have to live with for the rest of their life. I mean, these days come around very, very rarely. Yeah. How many days are you going to get where you've got to run out there with 22 on your back and do it for Tommy? I know, well, once. Once, yeah. Once. That's all you've got to do. You've only got to do it once. Imagine Luke Brooks's grandkids. Yes. You know, they say, we've, you know, we notice, um, Grandad, that you were involved in <laughs> yeah. some sort of celebration. Yeah, Grandad, what's that 22 on your back? What yeah. was that about? He's not going to want to answer that. He's not. He's going to change the subject. Have a look at another photograph, you'll say. Have a look at that with me and the setter on the back. Oh, didn't Tommy wear seven, Grandpa? You know. <laughs> you know where it's going to go. <laughs> I do. I do. Tears, yeah. tears, tears. Um, anyway. Obviously, the halfback, Brooks, has, hasn't played one finals game in eight seasons no. that he's been there. No. I mean, it's... No, and it was like a final. It, was, oh, you know, it felt like a final to that me. That would be the biggest As I said most... to you when they ran out, I said, oh, this feels like a final. Yeah, can I say that... And that... remember when Tom, Tommy's good... Jersey just oh. blew just a little bit and the, the seven flashed. And I, I said, Tommy's talking to us here. Tommy thinks it's a final. And the other thing is, is that will be the biggest match most of those players will play in. Yes. I don't mean to be unkind yeah, no, no, no. to the future of the, uh, like, of the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Tigers? No, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah. I don't listen to guys calling for his head. He's an experienced player and you yeah. just can't go out there and buy that. It's something you put a lot of time and effort into and I don't think he's playing all that badly. No, I don't either. If everyone else does their job, this is what you're yes. talking to, mm. I reckon people are writing uh, different stuff about Brooks. Yeah. The Tigers, after last week's loss of one and four, as in they've won one and lost four, Yeah. Uh, it's described here in this article quite accurately as facing a steep task to make the top eight. Yeah, they are. And uh, it sometimes stays in the back of your head in the papers at the start of the season. That's all you read. Mm. Haven't made the semi for years. Yeah. It does get to you a little bit when you hear it. And I understand the fans want to see us at the at the big dance and they're hungry for it. They are. He's got the language down. He has. So he just to keep well, asking. I, I, I can't see the West Tigers at the big dance this year. I can't either. I, I, I mean, I don't want to be, you know. I don't want I'm to write sure off. I'm not saying that, that, that you know, they need a reality check, don't yeah, they? They do need a reality check. It's pointless right. a coach going in and saying to them, oh, well, look, look, blokes, you'll be right. You know, we've still got a chance. If we win the next, you know, 12 games. 10 games straight, we can do it. we just got to get in, you know. Have a go. Just get in, have a go and do your jobs and follow Lukey about. And we we'll go, Lukey, you happy to wear that 22 again? What do you reckon? <laughs> Give it a go. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to work, is it? It's not. But it's then again, a coach has got to... He's oh, got to come up with something. He's got to come up with something. I mean, he can't just go into them and say, look, you blokes are hopeless. 
don't know why I bother. I'm just turning up every week because I'm getting paid. I don't know why you're turning up. It's acute on chronic. A perfect storm. A bloke in the front seat of the Datsun 180B with blood-stained putty knife in the hip pocket. Wait a minute. That's the murderer. Now on Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, now, Roy, um, there's a very big uh, bout, I think, the Stool v. Floater oh, yeah. coming up on Wednesday night in Wollongong. Oh, this is Lucas Brown, the floater. Well done, yeah. the floater. Mm. Now, he was a rugby league player. I didn't know that. No, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? He's, when did the float float? Uh, some time ago. He says around the time Nathan Hindmarsh and Eric Broke Jr. and Nathan Kalos were in the team. Oh, now, that's okay. quite some time ago. It is a while ago, isn't it? Um, but <clears throat> he got too big and violent for footy. Did now, he? That is hard to imagine, isn't it? Impossible to imagine. How could that happen? I'm not sure. Unless uh, he just started to get a bit indiscreet. I think it was the, yes, correct. He, he Is that what he means? He started to get indiscreet. I think all the other players were equally as violent. Yes, just that's that what I mean. It, they they the, kept it hidden. Dialed it down. Yeah. Now, you can still remember as a schoolboy signing up for the Parramatta's Harold Matthews side. I'd never played rugby league, he said, but that didn't matter. Mm. Just grab a form like every other kid. Although uh, one of the things it asked was, what was your current cl- current club? And Brown says, I didn't have one, so I just wrote soccer. Oh, okay. A bit of a wag. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, but he went through SG Ball, Flag. Did he? Uh, got, he got kicked out of home and needed a job. Things went south for a while. Mm-hmm. He uh, then was back there at the time of, as mentioned, Nathan Homash, uh, Eric Groth Jr. and Nathan Kalis. Yeah. Had, had a... Odd did he nickname. run on with them? Did, did he play I don't first think grade? He must, uh, he must have played the lesser grades. Oh, flick. While, while they were there. All right. Uh, remember, of course, it was three. there were three matches a day in those days. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. I, I think Volandis is keen to get that back. I don't know mm. how that's going. Mm. Uh, now, he sees himself as handing the baton of the floater onto uh, the current uh, what a lookalike, I suppose, oh. Blake Ferguson. Oh, Blake Ferguson. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So he played a bit like Blake, did he? Sort of I think a big bit, and a bit less mobile than Blake, I would have yeah. thought. But I could be wrong about that. Oh. Uh, so he's Blake's got, either hot or cold, isn't he? When he's hot, he's very hot. Yeah. Mate, when he's cold. He's freezing, mm. yeah. Now, he's taking on uh, the stool, Paul Gallon, Wednesday night in Wollongong. Yes. Uh, rugby league is actually how I started boxing. Is that right? <laughs> could be cool. And soccer's how he started playing rugby league. It's a funny old world, isn't it? <laughs> Rugby league's how I started boxing Mm. or fighting. After being away from the game for a while, I was sitting there one night watching uh, the footy on the TV and thinking, you know, I could have done more. Mm. I mean, a lot of people think that. A lot of people do think that when they watch a game of rugby league. (laughs) (laughs) So I went and played first grade with St Mary's, but it was just one year. All right. And why? I threw too many punches. Ah. You know. He forgot that it was rugby league. Not (laughs) Not boxing. He thought it was boxing. (laughs) Now, he got sent off a lot. Did he? But there was always someone from the opposition going for stitches, so that was all right then. Meaning he yeah, opened yeah, up yeah. a wound in the opposition and they sure. were off to hospital. Yep. So uh-huh. that evened up the score. He was off and they were off to hospital. Yep. Yeah, I got too big and too violent for footy, so fighting was a natural progression. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> now, asked about, uh, asked about Brown this week, Cronulla favourite, uh, Cronulla favourite, meaning the stool, uh, sorry, noodles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know him personally. Uh, but I think once you get this past... This gal, he's talking about gal, gal. Yeah, once you get past the uh, facade of the six five, six feet five inches, 120 kilogram tattooed monster, he's a cat. 
deep down that's what he is. This is uh, the stool talking. Sorry, noodles talking. All right. This is Gal talking about Brown. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, uh, I led you the wrong way. Yeah, 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 yeah. What Gal said, he's, he's just a cat. Just a cat. Right. What, what does that mean? Don't know. And I don't know uh, what he does after I beat him on Wednesday night. Right. I really don't. I'm going to finish Lucas Brown. Finish There'll be nothing left uh, for him after all this. Hmm. I'm a cat. How does, he, how does he get to that? I can, I can tell you. You've only got the height, the reach, the weight and the looks. I've got everything. Okay. Know, it's weird, weird sort of. It there's something missing. Weird, isn't it? It is. Like it's something. poorly reported because he's referring to Brown as a cat and then he says, he's, I'm a I'm cat. cat. yeah. So they're both cats. They're both cats. And the thing is that. <clears throat> trouble is that this, the, 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 the floater appears to be a, a rather big cat. A big cat. That's right. Well, he's. Six feet five. Is that what he said he is? Six used? feet five and 120 kilograms. Wow. He's Hell a big, weight. big bloke, yeah. Um, okay. So know. Gal's going to have to sort of get in close. He will. You'd imagine. He will. I, I, I mean, it, it's a sort of, how do I put this? We, we're living in a golden age of the fight game in Australia. To think that Wednesday night you can go and see these two great Australians yes. have a go at Wollongong and then go mm. on down and I forget what the fight is on Canberra on uh, Saturday night, next right. Saturday night. Yep. Yep. You know, it's just, it's yeah. just fights everywhere. It's it just, is. It's really fantastic. well organised. Fantastic. Yep. Now. Yep. Well, I look forward to that. I've got to say, though, um, I'll stop uh, noodles, said the old eel. <laughs> the old eel. Right, but as far as we know, you, 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 the old flag eel. <laughs> That's right, yeah. and and that needs to happen. I don't want to be going to the judges. I don't like decisions. Mm. And if Gall- if you know, obviously, if uh, Noodles is laying out on his back, there's no question about it. I win. Right. So he's got a plan. He's, he's got, got a plan. plan. Okay. He's got to flatten him. He's got, yeah. Then, he's not going to be happy with a. You know, a TKO point, points or decision points or, or anything yeah. like that. No, yeah. well, that's good. That's the attitude. That's what he's going to have a go. Have a go. That's Isn't right. That's he? right. Well, that's well, great. It's... Great for. Uh, I wonder if a lot of the old eels will turn up to support him. I suppose they would. I suppose Nathan a bus. Kalis will go. But a busload would go bus down. Busload will go down to they support might go, him. They might go to mix pub in Jeringong for a would. beer or two before they get in the bus on the Mick way. Mick will up. probably go with them. Not that he was an eel. Well, of course he was. He'd go with them. Oh, wouldn't he? He would. He would. They, oh, yeah, somebody would have to look after the pub, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's all right. He'd get someone in or just shut it up for a little while, put a sign in the front, off, off, to, to, off the to see the stool. <laughs> Rugby League is the only code to assist in the development of both the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines. Fact. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, Roy, the niggle. Oh, yeah. The niggle's back. Look, I, I'm not sure how big a problem this is, mm-hmm. but it bobbed up last weekend in the Penrith-Canberra Raiders match. Yes, it did. And so Peter Valandes, that's the man with the pantaloons of plumage, mm-hmm. wants tougher penalties for bad sportsmanship after labelling the 13, well, $13,1350 fine handed out to Penrith's Stephen Crichton mm-hmm. as ridiculous. Right. Now, it comes amid growing concern that grubby, niggling tactics, mm. which are becoming more frequent in the NRL this season, will ultimately spill over into junior sport. We come back to this age-old question mm. of whether things that happen in the higher 
altitudes of rugby league filter down to, say, 12-year-olds playing, yeah. you know, yeah. at the local yeah, role, school. Role models. Role models. Yeah. Now, last week or the week before, we spoke at length about Sticky, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. the Ant, a.k.a. the Angry Ant, a.k.a. Carlos Smith and mm-hmm. Ricky Stewart. Now, we spoke at length about him deciding that he wouldn't coach from the sideline, he would coach from the coach's box. Yes. Because he felt as though his, I mean, passion, passion was yes. overwhelming him yeah. and setting a bad example for coaches in all grades mm. who think it's okay to boot chairs around and pick yeah. up water bottles and hurl them and knock over the exercise bike and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I've got to say is I haven't seen any of that, but that may just be me. I'm just not going to those games where that happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we come back to this... Um, Spill over into junior sport. Now, the other ARL commission chairman also reminded players that they are role models and that things they do replicated at junior levels. Now, I must say, there is a little bit of niggle in the game, but, you know, no one's TikToking like they did when Cam Smith was there, which I've always found offensively niggle. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the war of words erupted between Canberra and Penrith over the NRL's decision to slap the Raiders with a $10,000 fine for the trainer's involvement in an ugly melee mm. last Friday. Now, mm, yeah. this goes all over the place, does, this story. does. But can I come to this? does, yeah. Right, the, look, trainers shouldn't get involved. I, I, I think that's right. You know, you've got to stamp that out. But I would have thought just a quiet word to him would have done. Ten, ten grand seems disproportionate. It does, doesn't it? The difficulty is is that it appears that the Penrith side are accusing of being big eds yeah. and, uh, you know, sort of... Lording it over them. Lording it over, yeah, you know, yeah, and... Yeah. 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 Well, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with that? True. I mean... True. How, how often as a rugby league player do you get a chance to lord it over another team? You no, know, these, you these opportunities don't come all that often. You've no, got to enjoy it while it's it. there. Yeah. You know, especially with a good team like the Raiders and you've actually flattened them, why not... Give them, a little bit, give them a little bit of limp. To go on with. To yeah, go on with, yeah. That's right. You're rubbish. You're now, rubbish. Just before we come to an in-depth discussion, mm. Volandis has requested a report from management to look at the implementing implementing toughing, tougher penalties for grade one contrary conduct offences. Not sure what they are, but be that as may. Yeah. He goes on to say, I don't want to comment mm. on this incident because I don't know enough about it. Fair enough. If you'd left it there, I would have thought a man of elegant. Yeah, just gravity. walk away. Yep. He went on. I just found out that uh, 1350 fine was ridiculous. It keeps going on. In that situation, it is a match review committee decision. And to be fair, the match review committee, it was a grade one, but that's fine. But I think that uh, it has to be looked at. It is dot, dot, dot. Obviously, left out three or four uh, hundred words there. It's a little bit inequitable between the two fines. So that has to be corrected. Mm -hmm. Now, asked if he could comment on Crichton's behaviour, you know, (laughs) red rag to a bull. I've been put on record many times uh, that these players are role models and the things they do are replicated at junior level and I don't want to be too much about the incident because I don't didn't really see it. Right. Mm-hmm. So here we have this yeah. endless battle between rugby league officialdom mm. trying to do things which mm. they haven't seen or correct things which they haven't seen mm. on behalf of people mm. who they think are going to immediately adopt those yes. exact moments in the game yes. and somehow start bashing, what, to high school teachers. Yes. Mm. Yeah. No, no, it's a, it's a baffling case, this one. Uh, contrary conduct, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I can't see a lot wrong with it. I, I mean, there are certain things that I don't think you should be able to get away with. I, I, I think biting someone on the nose or biting their ear, no good. We don't want that. No. That, that is poor sportsmanship. Mm. 
Uh, we don't want players getting getting players down and putting a bunger up their back door and setting fire to it. We don't. We've got to stamp that right out. And once you see, and I, I agree with all umpires, once you see a player running out with a bunger in his hand, you've got to call it out. I know. You've got to call it out. When the cigarette lighter. Yes, exactly. Because no one wins in this situation. Look, it's funny. You make a point, but it is contrary conduct. Yeah. But to equate bunger up the date, bitten nose, ear missing, with someone tapping someone on the shoulder, on the sideline, saying don't get involved, saying equating those two is madness. I know. I know. The weird thing is, <clears throat> is the... Uh, I mean, rugby league players are human. Human. That's what you that's forget. That's what they forget. Yeah. That they will put a bunger up the date if they can. If they're given the opportunity, but yes. mostly they're civilised and those... Mainly they ...mores of yes. society, which they bring to rugby league... Yes. ...prevent them from running on with a bunger. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and I know we run the risk talking about this. I know. I know. I know. That, that every bloody player... This afternoon, I don't know who's playing this afternoon. They'll be going. But I'll guarantee you, half a dozen of them are going to run out there with buggers in their hand. <laughs> thinking, why didn't I think of this before? <laughs> who's got the lighter? Australians, rugby league crime is at pandemic proportions. Referees and officials can't see everything, but together, we can. If you see rugby league crime, then as an Australian, do your duty and report it to Bludging on the Blind Side. Text us on 0467 920 222. Ah, yes, uh, Bludging on the Blind Side, the home of really good merchandise. And I tell you how good it is. You know, people say we only care about the modern game, we don't. We're giving away today to start with the Rugby League Almanac from 2012. That was a beauty. I know. They had Benny Barber on the front. Beautiful yeah, Benny Barber on, on the front. front. He's the, back in the news. I know. He's, he's uh, uh, with Americans the Americans have taken them to his heart. Take I know. To his heart. Yeah, I know. Hearts. I know. They're just a, a, a knocking all The big apple. Down. They love Benny Barber. They do. So this is right up to date. If you were thinking 2012, what happened in 2012? Well, look, lots of things happened in 2012. Yeah. And this is all here, the Rugby League Almanac, plus... Uh, the double-sided, uh, this one's on a, on a USB stick of uh, Roy and HG, this sporting life, 30 years of there of. So there's quite a good prize yep. and a little bit of old, little bit of middle distance. Yeah, that's good, HG. Now, uh, e- someone's been on the text. They're saying if Tommy was there, this is the match last weekend, yeah. he would have shown the West Tigers a bullock's heart in a brown paper bag, thrown it da- down and on the ground and said, show some heart. Whoa. That's what he would have done. Do you think he would have, like... I don't think it would have worked either. No. Just put more pressure on him. More pressure. And more questions than answers. Yeah, it's exactly. not a very big heart, Tommy. Yeah. You're oh, sure it's out of a bullet, Tommy? You're sure it's yeah. out of a bullet, Tom? <laughs> Looks like a dog heart. I don't want to play like a dog heart. Now, the question is, HG, who yep. is our current under-12 clay court tennis champ? Who is our current under-12 clay court tennis champ? And if you know, the phone number for this competition is 1300 361 700. That's 1300 361 700. All comers phone now. McLaughlin Gate. No one is talking about it, and yet we all know the crimes. Any tips? Any clues? Any ideas? Bludging on the blind side 
is all ears. Who are we talking to, Roy? Oh, we're joined by Brian uh, from Cabago. Uh, happy rugby league, Brian. G'day, boys. How are you? Not too bad. How's been your day? Yeah, good, good. Just a little few things around the house. What like? Oh, cutting a few trees down and, yeah, all this sort of stuff. Right. And have you been listening to the radio outside or have you come back in for a cup of tea so you can listen to the blokes? Come back in for a cup of tea. Uh, ah, excellent. Excellent. And how have I you gone? Cabargo got badly hit by the fires. Did you, last year, did you um, suffer a lot from the fires? Oh, our house was all right. We lost our garage and fencing and, yeah, we're really lucky though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah compared to a lot, a lot of other people. people. A lot of mm. people. Very, mm. very sad. Yeah. Um, how far are you from Bega, Brian? Oh, it's about, I don't know, 40 k's. 40 k's. Is that your main big setup? If you're, I mean, I'm not sure uh, if you had to go to Woolies. Would you go to Woolies in Bega or do you have one in Cabago? No, we go to Bermagui. There's a lot oh, of Woolies in okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So do you have much call to get to Bega? Oh, not really. We go in there a couple of times a week. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's fairly regular. Regular? Yeah. Yeah, we go to, uh, yeah, when we go in there, we go to Woolies and... Mm-hmm. And, uh, Dan Murphy's and right, right, yeah. right. So if you were to get a bit of bigger cheese, would, would, can you get that at Cabago, or would, would you get that at Bermagui as well? Ah, uh, yeah, Bermagui. Yep, will he sell uh, bigger cheese? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a little uh, supermarket at uh, Cabago. Not a supermarket, just a little general store at Cabago. A sort of mixed business. There. Yeah. 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 Is there a Cabago brand of cheese? No. No. Not Cabago, no. No, that's all right. What is the what? What is the area is not as suited to dairy product as? Oh as... yeah, a lot of dairy farms around here. Well, why yeah. isn't there any local yeah. cheese? Oh, I don't, I don't know. No, they make. Uh, there's a local cheese at Tilba Tilba. Ah yes. Yeah, which yeah. is just up the road. And um, sport in the area. Obviously, people have other things on their mind. Has the sport in the area? Um, you know, say the rugby league. Not sure what group you'd be in there, but uh, is that come back? Yeah, I think Group 16 started a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. Okay. And does Cabago obviously have a team, and who else would they play? I don't think Cabago's got a team, but they, I'm pretty sure they play uh, Kuma mm. and Bombala. Okay. Yeah, all around that area. Okay. Okay. Mm. So Cabago doesn't have a team. Gee, that surprises it me. It doesn't have a team or a cheese. <laughs> no, 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 cheese. No, that's right. No, See, no. now there's an opening. A cheese that sponsors a rugby league yeah, team in Cabago. The two should go together. Someone's got to lift their bloody game and have a go in Cabago and come up with some sort of Cabago cheddar <laughs> that uh, rugby <laughs> league can latch on to. Yeah, latch on to. Now let Roy set out the good. question and have a swing. Uh, Brian, who is our current under-12 clay court tennis champ? I read this a little while ago. It's Chris Hewitt. Yes. Absolutely right. Uh, the Rugby League Almanac from 2012 and the Ruin HG, the uh, double-sided smash hits of uh, 30 Years of Highlights. We'll get them in the mail to you as soon as we can. Thanks very much for being part of Bludging on the Blind Side. As last season's The Zombie Apocalypse awaits collection on bin night, we are now in the season of Grope 754. The Watchmen of Faith have seen off the dreaded Fafitas and declared peace in the galaxy's faraway cluster on bludging on the blind side. Roy, just in the the interest of balance, Mm -hmm. uh, Canberra coach Ricky Stewart has launched an attack on the Penrith players who were involved in the melee the other night. Oh, yeah, the needle. 
With yeah, the niggle. With his side and his call for the NRL to rid the game of jersey-tugging scuffles. As you know, as we recorded, reported a little while ago, Raiders were fined $10,000 on Wednesday after their physiotherapist became involved in an incident during the Round 5 clash with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Now, the trainer placed his hand on Tyrone May before confronting Panthers forward James Fisher-Harris mm-hmm. in an effort to break up the fight. Stewart said he, the fine was unnecessary and silly. Yeah, I agree. And that the real issue was the NRL's lack of action with all-in melees. Oh. The Raiders coach said he agreed with the mandatory sin bin for punching, but that rule had unintended consequences. Right. So you've got guys who are uh, um, not very courageous, not that courageous, acting very tough, going into a melee now, knowing that the fact he's not going to get a punch to the mouth, which is why so many people fly in. I just wish the league would do something about it because it was only four or five years ago I was saying it was ugly in the AFL and now we've got it, as in we've got it in the rugby league. Now, the Panthers' tri-celebration boiled over when Stephen Crichton grabbed Raiders forward jo- uh, Joseph Tapine, mm-hmm. who was uh, on the sidelines waiting for substitution. He was. Now, Crichton was fined the 1350. Mm-hmm. Uh, this jumper pulling and grabbing uh, blokes by the back of the jumper, this jumper pulling and grabbing blokes by the back of the jumper, it's a blight on the game, said Stewart. It's ugly. It makes soft people very tough because you know they're not going to get a punch in the head. There's no consequences. Now, that's a really weird view, isn't it? It is. It's bizarre. It's I mean, bizarre. Because the niggle. Rugby league's always had a rule, one in, all in. It's, and, it's what binds teams together. Yeah. I mean, how would you look if, if you saw your mate getting punched in the head and you just stood around and did nothing? Hey? Well, the thing is, it doesn't appear You'd to be. You'd be frog marched. I know. Out of the club. I know, you because. You've got to do something. You've got, got to, to stand, do something. You've got so, to get involved. Yeah, the jumper must mean something. The jumper means everything. Yeah. People forget, you know, it was the Milk Raiders once and yes. there was Woodges Raiders. Woodges Raiders. And, and, you know, I'm not sure who's on it now. It must be somebody. Oh, I think it's Milk again. Milk again. Well, they, that's what I mean. Canberra that Milk. That's, that history is just fantastic. Mm. And I bet you the Canberra Milk are thinking about making a cheese. Well, they'd be mad if they didn't. The Bludge is principal sponsor of the Brad Thorne Mega Centre for Football Excellence. It's open to all, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's free. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. I mean, I've got to say, I come back to the original point, yeah. is how much of this is going on? I mean, is this a one-off? Look, there's always been one in all ins, melees, but... I think the frequency has been less no, of so late I, than it used to be. I do too. In Sticky's day, it would happen every week. I mean, what is Sticky talking about? Brothers are the lifeblood of the AFL. Imagine the game without the enormous contribution of the Cloaks, the Jarmans, the Kernos, the Browns, the Crouches and the Archies. Forgotten by many, but not by genuine Aussies. Bludging on the blind side. Yes, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side. Another hour of disappointment ahead of you. And if you want to enjoy the whole two hours of disappointment, remember the podcast is up not long after we finish uh, on the um, 
the real wireless in inverted commas. Now, people do like to get in touch with us in a couple of ways you can. You've got uh, the text number is 0467 920222. That's 0467 920222. And uh, modern snail mail, roynhg at abc.net.au. roynhg at abc.net.au is the address. And the following people have used that system, Roy. Yes, they what have. have you got? They have. Just on the text, HG, um, someone suggested there was once a team called the Cabago Eels. May right. well be the case. That could easily be the case. I'm surprised. You think Brian that... would have been aware of that, though. Yeah. Well, maybe Brian's just moved to Cabago. hasn't been there very long. Doesn't know the history of rugby league in the place. Right, the Cabago Eels, a Cabago blue and yellow Eels. shirt. Well, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, now, Sam from Hobart wants to know, is a head pat after a mistake contrary conduct? Well, yeah, look. Yeah, strictly speaking, it is. See, remember in the old days. Is that head... what he wants to stamp out, Volandis? No head pats when someone drops the ball? Yeah, yeah. no, I understand. Because that's an eagle. You know, it's not a bunger up the date, but it's no, half, I know. I half, mean, halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just need the cigarette lighter in yeah, your way. Yeah. Now, Nick's been in touch. He says, oh, yes, um, good. I'd like to put a note out to parents who'd like to see their kids have a successful rugby league career. Oh, that's very kind. Well, that'll be all parents. I'm going out on a limb, but if I could paraphrase, paraphrase the work of anthropologist Jared Diamond and his observations on early childhood of the children of New Guinea. Mm-hmm. The babies are not put down at any time. No. Now, we did this with our now four-year-old boy, and wow, we are reaping the rewards. Despite his concerning diet of green flatbed, cheese and Vegemite, he's very strong and loves a biff. His favourite thing is to try and choke and crush me. It's like an onslaught from a bag of cement. Rugby league parents must carry their children and develop their bones and muscles. Prams will create an injury-prone child slash first grader flailing in thin air. That's an incredible observation. It is, isn't it? I, I see we uh, often admire, and I know mm. you're a very vocal ambassador for rugby league in Papua New Guinea. Yes. And I'm just wondering if that is something that you would address in some of your... Uh, well, it's something I have observed, HG, that, mm-hmm. that the idea of ne- never allowing the child to, to be left alone, yeah. to be held all the time, yeah. forms a bond. And it's no surprise that as a result of that, rugby league is the national sport of the country. No, it's the only nation in the world that has that as rugby league sport. is a national yeah. sport. Yeah. 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 Yep, yep, yep. Uh, now, Simon's been in touch. He says uh, he's been a Bears fan all his life. Oh, yeah, gee, what a burden. He says the true meaning and import of Norths to the league was that they were essentially harmless and could be everyone's second club because they never beat your first-choice team. Even on the rare occasions when they made the semi-finals, they never won a match. The opposition would rest their best players for the game, giving them an extra week off. So you wonder what the enduring purpose of the North Sydney Football Club is? It performs a key social function. It's a place where people can go to a footy club without the burden of having a team to support, a football club without a team is, is run as seamlessly as a hospital without patients or a public service without politicians. It's an as-if turned into an as and is by the seriousness of those who use it. You could rely on the bears disappointing you, but you now go and enjoy a drink, perhaps served by a smiling Freddie Teasdale, hard man, Crash Harris, or the slowest sender ever to pull on a boots, John Adam, a meal with Olsen Filipina waiting on your table, or a cabaret show featuring John Gray and the English Invasion. 
will be securing the knowledge that the performance of your NRL footy team will never get in the way of a good time. Who can deny long-suffering Bears fans these simple pleasures? And that, if that needs a board of 40 luminaries to administer it, to administer such a place, then that's just part of the rich tapestry of the greatest game of all. Oh, beautiful letter. I had tears in my eyes listening to that. I know. That's incredible. I know. So the burden becomes a featherweight. Yeah. Because yeah. once you get past the idea that winning is everything, yeah. you can relax and once enjoy Once you become the more life. philosophical. Mm, philosophical. It's, it's just a state of mind. Remember the, the campaign, Simply the Bears? Yeah. Mm. Now, Tony's been in touch. Uh-huh. He says, I concur with your observations made a few weeks back that these days there are too many cameras at rugby league matches denying players the opportunity to sort things out amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. Bugger up the date. Bugger up the date. I'm pleased to report that the New South Wales Rugby Union and Stan, that's a um, platform, yeah. have combined to show leadership on this issue. The Stan broadcast of the first round of the Shoot Shield... God, I wish I'd have seen that. <laughs> Between West Harbour and Randwick at Dremoyne Oval last weekend made it impossible to detect any illegal play. It would appear that there was just one camera set back off halfway on a couple of milk crates to cover play. There was just one commentator, as far as I could tell, had no rugby union credentials to call the entire game and the tinny sound quality suggests he was located in a Dremoyne Oval dunny outside the fence. To confuse officials further, during the first half, the screen displayed that the game was at Concord Oval. At half-time, the viewer was treated to rolling camera footage of the field mostly hidden by a static slide of the half-time score, all with the sound muted. The commentator was obviously off having a well-earned cup of tea. Absolutely brilliant coverage, taking it back to the Shoot Shield's inception in 1923. I saw nothing, no foul play, no Beth, and not much of the general play for that matter. Players could get away with murder. NRL, take note. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. They're very good letters this week. Very, very, very good. Very, very very good. good Beautiful writing. Beautiful writing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, uh, Anthony's been in touch and he's wondering what's happened to the Anzac Day oh, test. Oh, yeah. Who is Which it? we Who's, all are. You know, we are. Yeah. And he's wondering whether it would be possible, probably a bit late to organise now, the Turkish Rugby League team that we were discussing last, last week. Last week, yeah. Uh, against the uh, rural and regional Anzacs. What a great idea. That would be a great, great pipe idea. opener, wouldn't it, for whatever's the main brilliant. match of that brilliant. day. He said, I can't think of a more poignant, emotional and passionate way for rugby league to capture the minds of the fans from here to Gallipoli. Can I ask, Is the? do you think the rugby league test hmm. stopped because people lost interest? No, I don't no. think so. No, no, I think people love a test match, don't they? Yeah, yeah, you know, there's the, who who's going to be, you know. Yeah, centres. You know, yeah, you know. who would you pick? Yeah, like, all that sort of yeah, stuff, all that true. sort of discussion. You go yeah. to the north, sit at the clubhouse there and just talk about it for a few hours, not have to worry. Uh, now, Aaron's been in touch. He says, I agree that I don't understand why Greg Norman, Norman is posting pictures of himself nude in the shower, showing us his back nine. He seems to be mixing up his Instagram app with his Tinder app. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> However... Sharky nuding up did attract a lot of media attention. Has Mark Hensby thought about getting his ah, clothes off to increase his profile? Yes. The forgotten man may be forgotten about on the golf course, but some revealing shots with just Mark and a well-positioned putter may well get people talking about Hensby again. And that's brilliant too. Brilliant. Isn't that a wonderful idea? Mm. Uh, <clears throat> just finally, actually, Mark's been in touch. 
He says, have you noticed the increased amount of pants work in the NRL that has seen buttocks exposed in many games this year? I have, actually. Yes, I've, I've, I've been Last shocked. night, I was shocked by, by mm. the you know, I think full brown eye a, a and a lo- bunch of kids. A looser waistband. Yeah. Uh, people I, are going out there with, you know, I basically know. perished Saying, take, take them off. Yeah. Pull them down. Have, have a go. They're wearing pull them downers. <laughs> there must Aren't be they? some betting thing going must on. Must be. You know. I bet you I can. Yeah. 40 pairs yeah. in a night. Now, Walker for Manny, Ponga for Knights were two recent exposures. Please explain what's going on. In my day, you didn't wear underpants. You wore budgie smugglers with the string double-knotted. Then you double-knotted your team shorts. It was near impossible to be pantsed by the opposition. No, no, that's If this trend continues, it won't be long before the crew is fully exposed. And won't that be an eyeful? Is the ghost of Hopawadi at play here? Walker was quick to recover his exposed freckle with his hand <clears throat> As if he was scared of a, a, a digital examination. Well, or a bunger. Or a bunger, more now, lately, up the date. Look, I agree, there's something I wrong. I know. Something, and a failure of equipment. Can I point out that this would be the exact thing that Volandis should be stamping on? Exactly. And bringing up at board level? Yes. But he's caught up with I this know. jumper punching and these melees that Look, aren't melees and I think TikTok-ing. our umpires have got to go into the dressing rooms before the match starts and have a look at and shorts. have a look. Yeah. What are you wearing under there? Yeah. Show me how that's attached. Yeah. Hit. Show me the double and, knot. And a and couple of tugs. Try and take his try, try and take his shorts off. Go on. Mm. And if you can't, fine, out you go. <laughs> the new $20 note could have a rugby league theme. But footy heads, we need your support to make this dream a reality. Imagine Super Real Guffo as the face on the new 20. Get involved at Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, Roy, uh, mm. obviously a very big day of racing but uh, at uh, Ramwick, but one thing that's come up this week is uh, could night racing become a reality mm. at Royal Ramwick? Now, well, I know I people talk- would love it. I, I know, especially the local residents uh, who, uh, you know, obviously love having cars and noise and all that sort of stuff around their area. Uh, they've been talking about this for some time. They think it might run for 16 nights a year. Yep. The ATC is canvassing neighbours of the Landmark Racecourse, uh, you know, obviously before putting application to the Ramwick Council. Uh, night racing at Royal Ramwick is part of Australian Turf Club's long-term planning vision to make the precinct a broader entertainment hub for Sydney. Is Volandis behind this each Volandis is. Volandis is right up behind it. Good. Now, so you get the drift is that a broader entertainment hub. Yes. For Sydney. Now, when we come to it, that's where where we need ideas. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, Australian Turf Club Chairman uh, Matthew McGrath said this has been on the ATC uh, radar for several years and we're now talking to the local community, keeping our stakeholders fully informed, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. The $20 million project would put 79 poles ranging from 17 metres to 40 metres high uh, around the course and illuminate it with uh, energy-efficient LED floodlights. Good, yes. The ATC is compiling an environmental impact statement to look at the impact on the community. Yep. Night racing at the moment is over at Canterbury. So, you know, the, well, it's the always course. wonderful there too, the night it, it, racing. It's a beautiful, especially in the summer. Mm. Yes. You know, summer nights and oh. the sound of ho- yeah. horses' hooves yeah. and winners. Uh, 16 races will mostly be held during daylight saving time, mm. obviously October to April. Why only 16? <clears throat> well, I'm not sure how many weeks there are in daylight saving, but some would be lost because of Christmas. Oh, yeah. And they might have uh, times when uh, there's holidays. Right, but couldn't and... you have two or three nights a week? Yeah. Well, I think that's why they're, 
Look, can I point out that yeah. they, they want to demonstrate to the locals in the area that mm. it's not too invasive or not too intrusive right. and the people will do the right thing. You know, there won't be drunks going home. Sure, sure. But rocks. the more often it is, the more regular it becomes. No, that's what I mean. The less intrusive it I becomes. Know. Obviously, you're just, well, we live near a race Then there are some nights when the night racing isn't on you think, oh, what's missing? <laughs> <laughs> now... The, the, okay, Royal Ramwick is a world-class racing venue. Adding night racing would make it a big attraction with people coming. The night races would be boost for jobs and punting, obviously. Oh, would they ever? It already has uh, about uh, 28,000 full-time jobs. Pump, yes. You know, pumps $35 billion into the tourism sector. Yes. Now, this is a fantastic idea, said the boss of tourism and transport. Um, the ATC is also looking at turning the infield of Ramwick Racecourse as a landing zone for tandem skydiving business. Well, that's now, a wonderful idea. Imagine today going out there and jumping yes. out of the plane as the Queen for the turf set off and yes. you watch the race unfold from, yes. say, 200 yes. well, kilometres in the sky. Yes. But can we do more than that, though? Remember, well, of course, we can do a hell of a lot more than that. Yeah, thanks very much. Would we be able to have the skydiving happen at night? We would. Well, I'd love sure. that. People would love that. I'm pretty sure they come be down with uh, with flares. flares and stuff. Yeah, strapped to their, you know, yes, feet to their ankles or, or you know, flare up the date. Yeah, would look fantastic. Whatever. Just coming along, would be yes. great. Now, mm. can I suggest also? Remember last year yeah. we had this idea that the Cox Plate Day would be mm. the same day as the Rugby League and the AFL Grand Final. It would all be staged at Mooney Valley, yes. and there was a great celebration because of, uh, you know, Captain Cook and the Endeavour, and oh, yes. I think we cast, um, you know, the uh, Veronicas as yes. James Cook and obviously uh, Banks. Joseph Banks yeah. on the boat, the replica mm. that was yeah. brought in on a truck, mm. all that sort of stuff. I mean, now you're <laughs> yes. sort of starting to see where this can go. Yes. You know, night after night, the pageant of Sydney mm. portrayed, mm. different aspects of the pageant of Sydney portrayed as part of the racing experience. Well, Randwick has hosted, uh, I think Billy Graham spoke at... Uh, well, the Pope did recently. Indeed. World sure. World Day. Was that what it was called? World, yeah, good on you. I should know this. World Pope Day. Well, let's. Uh, it was a huge day. Whatever youth, it, was it was. a youth thing. Youth, World Youth Day. World Youth Day, that's right. But, well, well, that was marvellous and, and uh, everyone enjoyed it. The, the, the locals you know, were quite happy to have a couple of hundred thousand kids and people on course. On course. Yeah, enjoying the blokes dressed up loving in Loving it, yes, loving yeah. it, loving it. And, and Billy Graham, the locals loved having him there. Uh, didn't Led Zeppelin play there? I think they did at one point. People loved it. I know. Why couldn't you have, well, you, you know, bands indeed. regularly, you know, once, you know, the pandemic's over and people can get back to normal lives and we can go and see entertainment again. Yeah. Uh, but I don't see why, see, say, the monster trucks couldn't be there. No, oh, the monster trucks could be there. That would be wonderful. At and night, the monster trucks. I know. Imagine I know. how much energy I know. that would... Uh, and young kids could come down yes. and, you know, maybe stage at a special time, like, say, between 5 and 8.30. Yes. So kids aren't kept up late sure. because they wanted to see the, you know, the dinosaurus or whatever yeah, it was, yeah, going yeah, to eat yeah. the other truck. Yeah, yeah, sort of yeah, Robosaurus. Robosaurus, yeah. thanks. <laughs> sure. But it is, a, it is quite a... It's a great venue, and I'm I'm amazed that people haven't had this idea before. I'm pretty sure they have, but I think the uh, residents have arced up. I don't want to give residents ideas. Well, yeah, the residents have got to be shown what it's going to be like, and they will love it. The greyhound industry questions the French submarine deal, the issue of fracking, and the financial health of our universities. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio.
the drought, the bushfires and now COVID. You're doing a magnificent job keeping everybody informed. Love it every day, mate. I can listen to you every morning. Absolutely vital that you're there. I've done it all, but in between trying to make us feel good. There must be love, love, love. Your trusted source of accurate and timely emergency information. ABC Radio, TV and the all-new ABC Emergency website. It must be love, love. ABC. Stay connected. What organisation has done more to promote ecumenical bonding than any other single entity? The National Rugby League. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, just a couple of uh, diary dates. Today, of course, the AFLW season climaxes with the Lions versus the Crows yep. at the Adelaide Oval. Now, that gets underway at 1.30 local time. So if you were thinking of watching that on, say, TV or listening to it on the radio, you'd be able to tune in if you're in the eastern part of Australia at 2 o'clock. So that's the Lions versus the Crows. Yep. And we did mean to give this a shout-out yep. a, a week or so ago. We've talked a lot about the Matildas, mm. but... <clears throat> The announcement that um, the venues for the World Cup, the 2023 World Cup, so Australia has the Highmark Stadium, that's a terrific venue, mm. Brisbane, Suncorp Stadium, Melbourne, Amy Park, <coughs> Perth yep. Optus Stadium, Sydney Stadium, Australia, and the Sydney Football Stadium. Now, they're the venues for the 2023 World Women's Cup. Yes. Now, <coughs> that's in Australia. In New Zealand, Auckland, Eden Park, Dunedin, Forsyth Bar Stadium, Hamilton, Waikato Stadium, and Wellington, the Sky Stadium. They're the ones in New Zealand. Good. And I think I'm pretty right in saying is that um, the final is being played in Sydney at the, uh, must be the uh, Homebush Stadium, Stadium Australia. Stadium Australia. Mm. Wow. So that's good. Now, a couple of things. <clears throat> I well, I hope it's good. I hope the Matildas are going to be there. Well, even if Sweden plays Germany, which looks like the most likely oh. outcome at the moment, I mean, that'll be a terrific quality match. Yeah. Yeah, I think people want to see the Matildas there. Do you think and, what a, what, and what a pity that uh, Royal Randwick could well, have hosted exactly. a game. Exactly. A now, night, night game. A night game. Now, Newcastle, Launceston and Christchurch, which cities to miss out, and I was very disappointed about that. Yeah. Well, I Graham said, Park, the Central Coast missed, missed out. Yeah, True. True. Beautiful venue there if you haven't been to that. Grand Park is beautiful. And this would showcase the best of Australia to yes, the world. Yes, In a way that some of these other stadiums, which are sort of closed <laughs> yeah. in, yeah. nothing, nothing. Yeah. Now, the next thing is, how did you feel about Watsford Oval being ignored in that? And did you get any feedback from well, the Minister of Sport? Well, we, yeah, Colbert? we got a grant to host a match there. I don't know how we're going to spend that money now. Well, remember the last well, time we, we spoke about... We got a grant of... What was it? What was it? Was it two point two point four? I think two point four million. Right. To because we've got the lift there. The lift. We'll get, that and was to assist with the building of uh, seating. And remember, you had the fifteen million dollars yeah. to build the change rooms. Well, I don't know what's had happened the, to that yeah, money. Yeah, no, you can't get it. I can't access it. Yeah, no. I mean, it's there in an account, but I don't know what? who's got to sign it to get the money. I don't yeah. know. What are the numbers on the account? Because yeah, no, take the point. because Shotman Gun McKenzie, who got it there in the first place. She's not there anymore. No. Well, you've got to talk to Richard Colbeck. Yeah, but he knows nothing about it. No, because Mackenzie did. Yeah. yeah. So I phoned Typical. him. I, I've spoken to him once and he didn't know what I was talking about. I said, well, well what's for the I've got the, the money's there. He said, well, spend it. I said, well, I can't. Anyway. Now, the, So there's that 15 plus 2.3. Well, you've got quite a for good For the spend. World Cup. But oh, I don't know. Are you thinking about getting some lighting put in? 
for a night match there? Well, we bought the lights. Oh, you bought the lights. <laughs> <laughs> now, the FIFA Women's World Cup. We got a grant Cup. for the lights. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> and know. where are the lights at the moment? In the in the uh, They're in the recreation hut. Yeah, at the back. Mm-hmm. I, mm. I think they're okay. They've, they're weatherproofed anyway. Oh, good. They're not getting wet. Now, the FIFA Women's World Cup will be the biggest sporting event on Australian soil since the Sydney Games in 2000. Mm. And uh, that's a terrific get for uh, the various, um, you know, organising bodies. Yeah. The, the announcement of host cities and match venues for the tournament is a major milestone in the build-up to the uh, Women's World Cup. Yes. And, uh, I mean, it will be disappointing if the Matildas aren't there. It will be very disappointing. And I think we've got to bloody put a bit of resource into the Matildas. Right, like buy them some new players. Well, I guess. The Blind Side respects freedom of speech and encourages all Australians to join in the national conversation by texting us on 0467 920 2 And Blindside supports the federal government's rugby league freedom of expression legislation. That text number again, 0467 920 2 And some big news out of the rabbits concerning Sam Burgess. Oh, yes. Uh, as we know, Sam's had a bit of a run of outs lately and uh, yep. it's obviously part of ways with the Souths. Uh, he was spotted up on the Gold Coast um, and he's taken up with a unconventional pastor and personal trainer who won the world bodybuilding title at the age of 44 mm-hmm. and is helping Sam make big changes, quote unquote, in life following his highly uh, you know, obviously profile legal battles and, you know, oh, obviously yes. messy uh, divorce. Yeah. Now. Uh, what, what, this chap's a religious figure, is he? Actually? He's a religious figure, yeah. He. Um, what's what's the church? Do we know anything about the church? No, I may be able to get that. It certainly right. wasn't one that ca- came quickly to mind. Oh, okay. So it's not uh, one, of, one of your regular. It was the Pentecostal Metro Church on the Gold Coast. Right. Now, what's happened is um, he was introduced by mutual friend, friends, i.e. training buddies, Good. when he spent uh, several uh, weeks on the Gold Coast, this is Sam, recently, mm. preparing for, uh, you know, Seven's reality hit show, Celebrity SAS Who Dares Wins. Wow. Is Sam in Weird. that? Sam was in that. And the other people I seem to remember were people like Chappelle, Corby and... I had no Bobby. idea. No, no, he was what, in that. What, Sam's, this show's already been made with Sam in it. Pretty sure that's right. right. I, I, people will know. How did Sam go? Did he win? Terrific, terrific. Yeah, right. oh, no, he went How did well. Chappelle go? Uh, I thought Chappelle was doing Dancing with the Stars. Well, then she's kicked on. All oh, right. Is Sam my... doing Dancing with the Stars? Uh, people would not... love to see Sam doing Dancing with the Stars. Do you think? I think. How about what Mar- about Married at First Sight? To a rugby league player. Yeah. Has Sam put his hand up for that? I think so. <laughs> now. They've got a father-son relationship. It certainly didn't start like that because initially when I was approached to train with uh, Sam, I thought, oh, no, not another bloody footballer. Yeah. Uh, this uh, bloke had his own uh, career in league, late teens. But we just clicked his head um, instantly and it became a sort well, of father-son. The Pentecostal bloke was a rugby league player. He was eventually. Oh, you know, originally. Back in the day. Back in the day, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, Back in the day, would he have known Lucas Brown? The... <laughs> Eel. Yeah. 
The old eel. The old eel. Wow, what a he good question. Have. I reckon he probably did. Yeah, let's say he did. We started communicating. He came to church and seemed to enjoy himself and slowly began to change. I started to realise Sam is a very special guy with an, and an extremely soft individual inside right. who was honest about everything. He's messed up and he knows he's messed up and I think he'd give anything to go back and change things. That's right. the sort of backstory. Okay. Um, Quattro says he's battled his own demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously rugby league being one of <laughs> This is the Pentecostal bloke. The Pentecostal bloke. Yeah, Quattro. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was throwing away his uh, teenage years, uh, throw, threw away a promising rugby league career uh, in the process before of finding God in his early 30s. A rock-bottom right. moment led to an epiphany when he asked for a sign and he got mm-hmm. it in the sky above the Gold Coast in 1996. I walked out on the balcony, mm-hmm. uh, a place where I was living, on the place where I was living, and looked up in the sky and there was a plane skywriting mm-hmm. and it spelled out, Jesus loves you. And that was it. I walked into the church that day. I'll be bucket. I know. Quattro clarifies that Burgess has not joined the Pentecostal. Did the sign writer know Quattro at all? Was he trying to send him a, was it designed for him or was it just a general? No, I think it was a general brief. Right. To do something of a vaguely religious nature. Okay, so it might have been a special day. It might have been Easter Sunday or something like that. Oh, it could be. Because often you get sky riding. Yeah, connected with the big days of the Christian church. Yeah. Um, Okay. Now, it's understood uh, the Sam is now back in Sydney gearing up for something of a career comeback with the upcoming season of Celebrity, SAS, Who Dares Wins. All right, so he's making it now. Yeah, so what I had was I had originally I thought, oh, Who Dares Wins, and then there's a celebrity version, i.e. the people who are celebrities are back. Right, okay. Uh, I think there must have been a show called Who Dares Wins with non-celebrities in it, but that may be be. be wrong. Maybe the case. Okay, so this is a new show called SAS. Celebrity SAS. Celebrity SAS. So what's Sam got to do? I jump out of planes. Jump out of a plane uh, and drop a few bungers behind a dummy door. That's right, run. (laughs) (laughs) And then probably, you know, set fire to a car and drive it over a cliff. (laughs) You know, that's just the usual sort of thing. Get a tank working that's... <laughs> that's right. You know, got that's right. timing issues with the motor. <laughs> before before <laughs> the bomb goes off. Yeah. This is Max Verstappen Hour on Bludging on the Blind Side. Ah, uh, yes, Max Verstappen. <clears throat> I think people are losing interest in him too. They, I think they are. So, yeah. Look, someone's suggesting on the text stage that there's a power couple in the making, Sam and Chappelle. Oh, wow. Now, imagine that if you could organise Married at First Sight. Yeah, and but, Sam ends up with Chappelle. Mm, I know, just magic. Now, can I just finish off the, uh, the yeah. build-up build to the big night on Wednesday night? Now, um, Noodles. <laughs> took, right, this is Wollongong. Yeah, Wollongong, you know, yeah, yeah, took yeah. his own personal shot at Australia's heavyweight champ. Mm. That's the old deal. The old deal, yeah. When he walked into his... Open media session at the Bondi Boxing Gym with a goat. You know, I saw Gal did. Yeah, Gal did. Yeah. Where did he get the goat? Where and did he get this that is goat? An obvious dig at Brown's recent claims of being the division's Aussie goat. Now, quizzed on his barnyard prop, Gallum fired back. Who names themselves the goat? It's insane. Your peers name you the goat, or the fans of the sport name you the goat. But when you talk to those same people about Lucas Brown, that phrase never comes up. Mm. Well, maybe that should talk to Lucas Brown. Yeah. He's goating all the time. <laughs> he is. 
So instead he's... Is he arguably the GOAT? Well, who is our greatest heavyweight? Well, Aussie Joe Buckner. Is he as good as Aussie Joe? Well, that's a big call. I I don't know. If you're looking Um, at the Aussie GOAT, I want to say Tony Madigan. Yeah. Didn't he go uh, the distance with uh, Muhammad Ali? Tony Madigan? Yeah. Um, In the Olympics. Ah, yes, could be. I think he did. Yeah, could be. Mm. Uh, Look, I worry worry about this. I mean, see. He's obviously heavyweight at six feet five and 120 kilos. Yeah, and then you get to the problem is Nathan Lyon. Well, he didn't call himself the GOAT. No, the others others did. did. I I understand. It's a sort of ironic title. (laughs) I always assumed. (laughs) That's what I mean. (laughs) Now, could irony be part of this uh, farrago of nonsense? Mm. Yeah. He's done it himself. Uh, it's laughable, according to uh, obviously um, Gal Gal Noodles. Mm. Um, so Brown comes back and says the only time that's ever happened was in 2018 before I before I fought the British heavyweight Dylan White. I went over to UK and was sparring with Derek Tizora, who rocked mm. me. This is about to do with whether he's knocked out in a sparring session. All oh, right. So as you could tell, I was actually, by the fight, I wasn't there physically and mentally I was there. What? And as you could tell by the actual fight, I wasn't there physically and mentally. I wasn't there. Now, that's not a good thing for a boxer to admit, is it? This is the goat saying this. (laughs) He's saying this. The goat saying that when he fought White, he'd been concussed in the sparring session prior to the fight. Hence he was. And so he wasn't there. Yeah, he wasn't It was someone else. It just looked like him. (laughs) You know, in the same way, Mm. Stick. Says it wasn't us oh, out I there know, tonight. I yeah, know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Now, coming back to this though, Jeff Fennick, mm-hmm. Australian boxing great, has suggested there is enough punching power in Brown, the old real, yeah. who boasts 25 knockouts from 29 wins to finish, uh, obviously, Noodles within a round <whistles> at Wollongong. Within a round. Within a round, right. But he warned that the heavyweight who once trained, he once trained, would need to bring the same attitude that won him the WBA regular world title against Ruslan. Chugev in 2016. Now, 2016's a fair time ago. Did Brown take out Chugev? Yeah, he did. Well, he's the GOAT. (laughs) Rugby League MasterChef is holding auditions for the next series. If you are a ticketed rugby league player, send a sample of your handiwork to MasterChef headquarters. Stand by the stove and listen for details on bludging on the blind side. Uh, the Olympics, Roy, they're lurking over the horizon and it does worry me that um, I'm not completely convinced that we're going to be able to solve all the problems and mm. one of them is vaccination of athletes. Yes. Now, as I understand it, mm. we're making or we're heading towards making our Olympic athletes A-class citizens. Is yeah, that your understanding? That's my understanding. That's been the suggestion that's coming from probably Coates. Coates. Yeah. And so these... Um, so they would go to the front of the queue. The front of the queue. And what yeah. are they going to get, though? Are they going to get Pfizer? They'd get Pfizer. Pfizer, okay. Because yeah. uh, I think Pfizer's been recommended for people their age. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Of yeah. course, of course, of course. Um, where do you stand with this, though? Mm. Um, I mean... Are well, we... I think it depends on your sport. I, I think if you're part of our Greco-Roman team... You'd need it. You'd need it. Mm. Fair enough. But... For other, like archery, I don't, you may not need it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I understand. I understand. Um, what I don't quite, what I don't quite. But there is a bit of a public furor, isn't there? Uh, I think the, the, I think the Prime Minister might have said that it's not on, that um, 
they're going to have to wait, get to the back of the queue, and just be because there are far more important people. I think that's the position. Right, and did he cite anybody who was far more important than an Olympic athlete representing this nation in the, you know, arguably the greatest Olympic Games ever? Well, I think he thought <coughs> people who are classified 1A or 1B uh, were more important fair enough. than some of the athletes that are probably, I don't know, 8F. <laughs> now, can I ask, the trouble is, mm. is they had a go at rolling something out. It didn't yeah. get anywhere. Yeah. So now they're back to the drawing board, which may take some time to work out how to do this. Yeah. I'm not knocking them. They, it's just, that's just the way these things are. They take time to they, work they, out. They, they do Let's say they've time. got a hub system, so they're going to have to put hubs in, say, you know, Kombucha yeah. and Sutherland and so on to yeah. get enough hubs going to get people to them. Yeah. And then yeah. the... the I, 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 look, I think it's immensely complicated, HG. I, I mean, mm. the, the most successful turnout seems to have been in the United Kingdom and probably now the United States, the way they've handled it. Yeah. Because it's... The Pfizer in particular, I, th I think you've got to thaw it out and you've got to thaw it out in a certain time ah. and then you can't... It's, it's only active then. The window is like two or three days. It's all got to be used and you can't let it go be below a certain temperature. <clears throat> so I think no. I think it's complicated. No, no, I accept that. And and I don't think the complexity is being explained. Well. No, I don't think... Well, no, I've, I've tried to get across it. and it's, it's very, very difficult. And, of course, the Pfizer boss came out the other day and said you might need an extra jab. Yes. So you're up to three now. Yes, 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 yes. But part of me thinks that the Pfizer people are trying to undermine the other vaccines. Yes. Uh, to uh, push their own suite right. or suit, it seems to me. Uh, now, I don't, you might know what the costings are. How much does it cost the government to provide well, I a know Pfizer? The, the Pfizer is wildly more expensive than yes. AstraZeneca, but it's partly because of what you raised is the yeah. method of keeping it sure. and looking after it. Yeah. Now, behind closed doors, the AOC and the federal government have been in discussions about vaccine supply for athletes, yet neither body can say anything with any certainty one way or the other. Mm. It's an issue that's dripping with politics and any further substantial delays could seriously endanger efforts to vaccinate the team. Yes. Swimming Australia president, who you and I know well, Kieran Perkins, yes. said that his organisation is behind the AOC's efforts to secure a supply of vaccinations and that it is imperative for the athletes to compete with confidence. <clears throat> yes. If they weren't able to be vaccinated before, beforehand, it it's just a, creates a very different conversation with the athletes about what their acceptance or willingness to compete, mm. to take the opportunity to go to Tokyo, understanding the risks. Yeah. Perkins said he would have no issue taking the AstraZeneca vaccine and sought to calm concerns about athletes about the prospect of being given a second dose just a week or even days ahead of competition. But senior swimmers have told the uh, Nine newspaper this week that uh, even with the mild side effects from a second jab, they were un unlikely to take that risk so close to Olympic appearance, you know, yeah. five years in the making. Sure. Now, okay, there's roughly 100 days. If they took the first hit of it... Tomorrow. Tomorrow. They'd be okay. They'd be fine. Yeah, but there's no suggestion that... Sorry, there's no suggestion they've got any of it. No. Is there? Well, I don't know. Surely we could... Uh, there'd be a batch somewhere, wouldn't there? Yeah. There'd have to be. There would. See, well, I, I mean, I'm talking AstraZeneca here. I mean, oh, I mean, AstraZeneca. Yeah. I sort of swapped over to the Pfizer. But the AstraZeneca, there must be tons of that yeah, around. tons of that about yeah. because, you know, people are saying we don't want it. 
So they'd obviously, and I don't think there are any storage problems with it. You can put it in a regular fridge. I don't mm-hmm. think it goes off very quickly. It's used by dates, you know, a fair way down the track. So we could have them done tomorrow and then give them a second dose. And off they go. And off they go. Oh, yeah, I've got no problem with that. Let's do it. Can we just do it? <laughs> the country's most fearful of rugby league. Norway, China and Yemen. Rugby league fact. This is bludging on the blind side. Now, wait for this. Australia's Olympic swimmers are about to take the plunge and enter an NFL-style draft that will allow them to compete in a new multi-million dollar professional competition starting just after this year's Tokyo Olympics. Now, I think a we've discussed... competition? I know. I think we've discussed this before, but I didn't realise it had been, you know, sort of fleshed out in quite this right. way. Right. Now, the Murdoch Press understands that dozens of top Australian swimmers will rejoin the Rebel International Swimming League as soon as the Olympics are over. Now, Swimming Australia officials have been briefed about the ISL ambitious plans, which include a, a worldwide draft to lure the best swimmers in the world to a breakaway competition and have given their blessing to anyone who wants to join. From what I've seen, the first two seasons, and I was deeply involved and ultimately mm. we worked together to get the best out of uh, best outcome. That's uh, Kieran Perkins again. Right. Certainly Australian swimmers uh, were involved, <clears throat> that I, you know, that were involved, I know, weren't in any way impacted negatively with their... In, on their Olympic pathway. Right. Now, the brainchild of Ukrainian energy tycoon Constant, Konstantin Grigorishin, mm-hmm. the ISL was created as an alternative competition to events run by swimming's official world governing body. Now, I assume that this is a um, cash, mm. a splash for cash event mm-hmm. with big punting possibilities. I hope so. Now, is it your understanding that it's just 100 metres, f- uh, you know, free, 100 metres fly, et cetera? Uh, look, I think there'd be uh, side stroke would make a comeback. Side stroke, yes. Um, pe- lo- people are backstroke, there'd be backstroke relay. Backstroke relay. How about an obstacle race? Yes. An over and under sort of thing. Sort of thing, yeah. yeah. Um, how long can you hold your breath? How many laps can you do on one breath? Right. You take a bet. Yeah, well, obviously, you take a bet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And can you beat this fish? Yes. Mm. Well, it's a fantastic... It's no, it's a fantastic... Look, I'd never heard of the Rebel oh. International Oh, no, we've talked about that before, league. I think. Have we? We haven't talked about it for some time. Well, but why haven't we been able to see... Why aren't any of the networks? Well, I don't know. You know, swimming on television seems to be a lost art at oh. the moment. You know, Bruce, yeah. with Bruce going, I mean, yes. he doesn't, he was the, he was Mr. Swimming. Sure. And he really did, uh, you know, give it a bit of grunt and poke, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, I know there are a lot of Australians, a lot of, you know, genuine Australians who'd love to get a bet on a swimming event. <laughs> on that simple idea, it's almost time to pack up stumps here on uh, Bludging on the Blind Side. Obviously, another very busy weekend of sport coming up, all that rugby league. I think the Swans are playing the Giants at the SCG in a little while's time, and the weekend unfolds from here. Uh, Roy, it's been tremendous to lock horns with you. And Yes, it's yeah, been a God, wonderful week, HG. It has, yeah. it has, and so many great issues. I, I just, What are your final thoughts on the Eel v uh, Noodles match? Uh, well, I think this bloke's the GOAT. Um... I, I do you think, think he can I, do him in a round? I think I think uh, Noodles is going to struggle. Yeah, uh, wow. I think he's going to struggle. And I put a fair bit of money on, on the, uh, uh, a second round stoppage of stool. 
And on that telling note, uh, we take it away from bludging on the blind side. Remember the podcast, always available. I think it'll be called Bunger Up the Date this week, so look for that uh, at wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs> wherever you get your bungers from. <laughs> yeah, bungers. <laughs> and we're not encouraging kids to do it. We just think it's great no, fun no, and very fun. But you can get them in Canberra. You can. So we leave it there and see you next week for more Bludging on the Blind Side. Thanks for being with us. Bye now. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.